continue our series on the way of wisdom, practical wisdom in, out of the book of Proverbs chapter 10. And we're going to look at wisdom concerning poverty. Poverty. What does the book of Proverbs have to say about poverty? And we'll get into that in a moment. It is a topical message, so we're going to be going back and forth to different scriptures. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Let's pray. Father, tonight as we bow before you, we want to thank you for the opportunity to open the scriptures. We pray for the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Give us understanding. Give us wisdom. Help us to receive the word as it is written, the very words of God. Father, we thank you uh, for your message to us tonight. Father, uh, touch our hearts as we look at the poor around us. Father, help us to meet their needs as you lead us as individuals, as a church. Father, help us never to be hardened against sin. And Father, help us, Father, to have your, your heart in all of these things. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, most of us are accustomed to poverty around us in some form, whether as a distant issue or a personal reality. Uh, I think of traveling the world, even the pictures you see of missionaries. Uh, I know we have poverty right here in America, right under our nose, and sometimes we miss it. But for the most part, we see it in other nations. I think of traveling around Africa and people that just have literally nothing but the clothes on their back. And they don't have much clothing as, as well. So we do know there, is, there uh, are uh, things that we see in some form or another. And we have to ask ourselves, as believers, how are we to respond to poverty that we encounter? And, and what does the Bible say about the issue? And that's what we're going to get into tonight. But when we hear the word poverty, we often think of, we don't often think of specific people. Did someone specifically come in your mind tonight when you think of poverty? We often don't think of specific needs, do we? It causes us to consider this broad issue of poverty. We look at it as a broad issue, and we look at it while we safely ignore individuals and people who are personally affected by it. You see, when the scripture references the poor, it encourages us to see people as people, to really see the poor. You know, I think, how many times have you driven by a homeless person on the corner or a homeless man? And how often 
do you not even see that person as a person, as an individual? Do you know that behind every person that you see, there's a name, there's stories, real life stories of those individuals. That person is filled with fears and doubts. Do you realize that the poor are every bit a human as anyone else? And that's what we don't see when we think of the issue of poverty. How many nations, I think of our nation, obviously we are very generous towards other nations and we probably spend billions of dollars on welfare programs and foreign aid to poverty-stricken nations. But poverty does continue. I mean, even Jesus spoke about the poor you will always have with you. I think one of the things that we're going to learn tonight is when, when it comes to poverty, we don't really deal with the issues at hand, do we? <clears throat> That's a sad thing. We need to deal with the issues, the causes of poverty. And this is why uh, the book of Proverbs is so practical because uh, we do see the real causes. And that's what we want to talk about. First of all, what are some of the causes that we find in God's word? Obviously, one of the obvious ones is right here in the first verse that we read. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. And so slothfulness, slothfulness, just uh, the unwillingness to work, the unwillingness uh, to hold down a job is also what the Bible tells us concerning uh, becoming poor. Chapter 20 and verse number 13, it says, love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. So, you know, the idea of laziness, the idea of slothfulness there is one of the causes. But also, following vain people, following vain people, open up uh, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11. He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread. So there's a contrast here. So tilling the land, when you're supposed to be working, when you're supposed to be working the land to get bread. But he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. The idea is instead of working, you're out doing things that don't have any value. Maybe amusement or entertainment instead of tilling the land, instead of, you know, doing what's right. Or even, you know, the vain people are the baser sort, getting, going out and getting in trouble, getting in, uh, into problems. It says the same thing over in Proverbs 28, 19. He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, 
But he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty. <clears throat> so the Bible is telling us following after these vain people, these vain pursuits in life, rather than working, leads to poverty. What about refusing instruction? <clears throat> Proverbs 13, 18. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. But he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. Just the basic things. You know, uh, we need to be teaching our children a work ethic. Amen. There's nothing wrong with doing chores around the house. There's nothing wrong with children, uh, you know, doing the mowing and, and cleaning the dishes and cleaning the kitchen and pushing a broom and running a vacuum cleaner and even cleaning the bathrooms. We need to be teaching work ethic. But what happens? Well, today we're raising a generation that really don't want to work. They don't receive instruction. What about if you go to school and you know that you are receiving an education so that you could go out and get a job, so that you can make something out of your life, but you have the attitude is they don't even want to learn in the school. I can't even, I forget what they said the other day. I don't even, I mean, it's some astronomical percentage. I don't know if you remember, dear. There is a high percentage of those, I think, uh, I, don't want, I don't know if it's in high school or a certain age, teenage age, that do not know how to read in America. I'm talking about they've already gone through those levels of learning how to read in grade school all the way up, and they didn't even learn how to read yet. And you say, well, what is it? I'll tell you what it is. People don't want to receive instruction. They don't want to learn. Not listening to your parents, not listening in school. Obviously, what happens on the job, you don't want to listen to the employer. You're fired. Get out of here. So do you see, if you refuse instruction, if you are not able to be corrected, what's going to happen with your life? Another reason, lack of judgment and discernment. <clears throat> Proverbs 13, you're in the same chapter here. Verse 23, much food is the tillage of the poor, is in the tillage of the poor. But there is that is destroyed for one of judgment. So the idea here is there's, you have food there, you have the, the possibility of food, but because there's a lack of judgment, there's a lack of discernment, maybe the idea is poor management. Here you have this at your hands, your fingertips. You could, you could uh, provide for yourself, but there's no management there. I think of countries. You know, we lived uh, in Africa, as you know, Botswana, but 
I traveled to Zimbabwe. Some of you heard of Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe was previously named Rhodesia. And you know, Rhodesia was the breadbasket of Africa. And since then, the country has been completely destroyed. All the farmers run out of the country and basically they have no, they can't even survive economically. You have governments who oppress the people and bring poverty. This is so common around our world today. Wicked governments, evil governments, corrupt governments. There's revolutionary mo movements that destabilize countries. Think about all the wars that are going on in the world today. But not only that, you have false religion. The devil's blindness and darkness holding over people in false religion that they can't see the light. They can't see truth. They can't rise above the wickedness and the sin. This is all. It says it, people are destroyed for one of judgment. <clears throat> one of the obvious ones, we know immorality and drunkenness leads to poverty. How many homes are destroyed by immorality? How many homes are destroyed by alcohol or drugs? It's a plague upon our society. It's a plague upon our country. It's a plague in our world. Proverbs 21, 17. He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. Jump over a few pages to chapter 23, verse 20 and 21. Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Buy the truth, and sell it not wisdom and instruction and understanding. I think of that picture of... Uh, the prodigal son, right? The prodigal son. He was blessed over there in Luke chapter 15. He had, I mean, all the blessings of home. And what did he want? He wanted his inheritance. He wanted to go out in the world. And the Bible says about this prodigal son, and the younger of them said, Father, give me. Isn't that one of the problems? Give me, give me, give me. Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. Luke chapter 15 and verse 12. And he divided the, unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. 
there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Aren't you thankful he came to himself? And when he had come, to, he came to himself. He said, how many hired servants of my father's house have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise. Amen. Go to my father. Was saying to my father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And we know the rest of the story. How that his father every day went out. And he was looking for him. Amen. He was waiting for him. It's a wonderful picture of God's love for us. How he waits for us to come back home to him. When we repent. To get right with him. <clears throat> but look at the condition of so many. They have all the blessings. They have everything at their fingertips. And they waste it. Because of drunkenness. And pleasures of this life, drugs, immorality, riotous living, the Bible says. Well, the Bible says even a desire to want to be rich can lead to poverty. Proverbs 28, 22. Even a desire. It says in Proverbs 28, 22, He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. And uh, we have so many stories in the Bible. What happened to Lot? Remember Lot? You read in the book of Genesis, Genesis 19, you know, Lot and Abraham, they had great substance, did they not? They couldn't, eat, their, their herdsmen couldn't even get along, there was too much, too much here, so they had to separate. But Lot, he went putting his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah, did he not? He saw the bright lights and the flashy city and he kept going and getting closer Sooner than later, he's in the city. He's sitting in the gate. He's a leader there. And we know the rest of the story. He lost everything, did he not? How about Achan? Remember Achan? He, st he stole the Babylonish garment, the wedge of gold and silver, and hid it under his tent. He thought no one was watching. He was going to be a rich man. And then God singled out the family, uh, the tribe. God singled out the family. All went down to him and they had to confront him. What did you do? And think about this. They took him, his wife, and all of his children and they stoned him. All of them had to die. You have it over and over in the Bible, person after person, character after character, wanting to be rich. 
But the Bible says poverty shall come upon him. So be careful where you put your heart. Amen. Yes. Thank God. God can bless us in our work. God can bless us with wealth. God can, uh, you know, prosper what we're doing as long as we're doing it for the Lord. As long as we keep our hearts pure and right with God, God can bless it. But, you know, you become stingy with God and you, you, you keep your money for yourself. You don't honor the Lord with your tithes and offerings. Listen, you're going down a path of poverty. That will lead to poverty. Because God is just and righteous and his word is true. And he's going to accomplish that upon your life. You can be sure of that. Now, I want you to see not only the causes. So think about this, brethren. We need to deal with these things if we're going to be leading people out of poverty. These are real issues that need to be dealt with. You see all these programs. It's not just about handing out money to someone. If you hand out money to people who have these qualities, what are they going to do with it? The challenges of poverty, vulnerability, Proverbs 10 and verse 15. <clears throat> the rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. So there it is. You know, uh, they're very vulnerable Poor people are vulnerable, and uh, it could lead to destruction. It's, it's very difficult. But not only that, go to 1420. It's sad, but they are even hated. This is where we have to understand what is the right response, the Christian response to poverty, it's certainly not this. Proverbs 14.20 says, The poor is hated even of his own neighbor, but the rich hath many friends. Isn't that how it is? When you have a lot of money, everyone flocks you. I think about these people. They win the lottery. They had nothing. And then all of a sudden, all the people come. Their friends come. And I mean... There's story after story. You probably read about it or heard about it. They're worse off after winning the lottery than they were even before they had the money. They end up in a worse condition. It's crazy. But that's the truth of God's word. Proverbs 19.4 Wealth maketh many friends. But the poor is separated from his neighbor. Same chapter, verse 7. All the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He pursueth them with words, yet they are wanting to him. And then, last of all here, ruled by the wealthy. Proverbs 22, 7. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. 
So this is the reality, the challenges of being poor, of poverty. But now let's get into the issue of Christians and what should be our concern for the poor. How do, how do we, how, how are we to deal with this as Christians? Do you know that the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 7, that your concern for the righteous, uh, for the poor, speaks of your righteousness. We can't say we're a righteous people when we don't recognize the poor, when it doesn't, when we don't have any compassion for the poor. Listen, we're talking about the heart of God, amen? And the Bible says here, the righteous consider the cause of the poor, but the wicked regardeth not to know it. So there we are. We consider the cause of the poor. In fact, the Bible says blessing or judgment results from our treatment of the poor. Do we want to be blessed or do we want to be judged? Well, how do we treat the poor? Proverbs 14, 21. Proverbs 14, 21. He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. Amen. These are the blessings that God will give us. Look at the same chapter, verse 31. He that oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker. This is God. You, you oppress the poor, you are reproaching God, the Bible says. But he that honoreth him hath mercy on the poor. So brethren, as we honor the Lord, we're going to be a merciful people on the poor. There's many verses here, 17 and 5. 17, verse 5. Whoso mocketh the poor reproacheth his maker. And he that is glad at calamity shall not be unpunished. You see that? We're either blessed or we're going to be judged in our treatment, how we treat the poor. 1917, <clears throat> he that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, amen. And that which he hath given, will he pay him again? God's going to repay you. Isn't that a blessing? You give to someone else out of love and you meet their need, God's going to bless you. Same, oh no, chapter 22, sorry. Verse 16, he that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches, right? He that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. So there you go, oppressing, trying to take advantage of the poor, steal their money, oppress them more. What's going to happen? Well, look at these countries. I just told you one. How do they treat the poor? I, I tell you why. They oppress them. Sad. Same chapter, verse 22, 23. Rob not the poor because he is poor, neither oppress the afflicted in the gate, for the Lord will plead their cause. Watch out, God is fighting for the poor. And spoil the soul of those that spoil them. 28 and verse 27, chapter 28, verse 27. <clears throat> he that giveth unto the poor shall not lack. Amen. But he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. Hey, there it is. 
Blessing or judgment? Blessing or judgment? How do we treat the poor? Now, we have to realize that the Bible says there are worse things than poverty. This is true. We know poverty is bad. But there are worse things than poverty. Proverbs 15, 16 tells us some of these things. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Who wants to live a life of trouble, a life of conflict? Do you want that? I'd rather be poor than have conflict and trouble. Amen. 1517. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. You know, I think that's a lot of homes that we're in on the mission field. They had very little to offer. And I, I know, I mean, they would literally go out and kill our supper and bring it into us and cook it fresh. They were giving us probably, you know, not that they didn't have more animals, but you could tell. But you know what? There was so much love there. That was the best fellowship we ever had. That was the best time we ever had. And then you're with people that have everything and they, they don't even want to open their door. You know, we're Christians. We already have our church. Slam the door in your face. Oh, you're a real good Christian. I'm here as a missionary. I'm here as a pastor bringing you the word of God. And you don't even have the time of day. You don't even want to open your house up and even give a glass of water in the name of Jesus. That's a real good Christian, right? This is what we face. What good is that? Proverbs 17, 1. Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices with strife. You know, what would you rather have? A dry, a cracker or strife with a lot of food? Which one do you want? <clears throat> How about lies? Proverbs 19:22. The desire of a man is his kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar. Amen. There's things that are worse than poverty, trouble, conflict, hatred, strife, lies. And think about this, gaining the whole world and losing your own soul. Isn't that what Jesus said? What does it profit a man if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? But on the other hand, there are some things better than wealth. There are things worse than poverty, but there are things better than wealth. Proverbs tells us about this. Go to Proverbs 16, 18. Righteousness is better than wealth. <clears throat> Let me 
we make sure. 16.8. Better is a little with righteousness. It's 16.8, sorry. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. Brethren, it's better to have the Lord. It's better to be right with God. It's better to be clothed with the righteousness of Christ than to have riches. If you had to choose, amen. Proverbs 19.1. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in lips and is a fool. Listen, it's better to have integrity than to have riches. How about understanding? <clears throat> Proverbs 28.11 The rich man is wise in his own conceit, but the poor that hath understanding searcheth him out. It's better to have understanding than to have riches. We do have to step out of this book and go to the next book of Ecclesiastes. Proverbs, Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, sorry, then Song of Solomon, but we're in Ecclesiastes 4, 6 through 8. Better is a handful with quietness. Then both their hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. Amen? It's so much better to have peace and satisfaction than to have riches. It says, it continues, it says, uh, Then I returned, I saw vanity under the sun. Remember, the key to the book of Ecclesiastes is life under the sun without God. All is vanity and vexation of spirit. Life under the sun without God. Keep that in mind as you interpret these things. <clears throat> there is one alone, and there is not a second. Yea, he hath neither child nor brother. Yet there is no end of all his labor. Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Neither say thee, for whom do I labor? And bereave my soul of good. This is also vanity. Yea, it is a sore travail. We know uh, what's better than riches? A good reputation. Amen. A good reputation is better than, than wealth. Proverbs 22.1. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. What do you want? A great reputation a great character or wealth? Which would you choose if you had to choose? Well, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. A loving favor rather than silver and gold. Look at verse 2. We don't have that down, but what a truth. The rich and poor meet together, the Lord. Is the maker of them all. Amen. Also wisdom. 
Go back to Ecclesiastes 9. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 13. This wisdom have I seen also under the sun, and it seemed great unto me. There was a little city and a few men within it, and there came a great king against it and besieged it, and built great bulwarks against it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then I, then said I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of a wise man are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. But one sinner destroyeth much good. We had to choose wisdom or riches. Which will we choose? Go back to Proverbs chapter 30. This is the last verse I'm going to give you tonight. And here's our goal. How about a balance between wealth and poverty? Amen. Have you ever thought of this? Maybe you have. Maybe you can pray this unto the Lord tonight. Proverbs 30, verse 7. Two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Have you ever said that to the Lord? Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Lest I be full and deny thee. And say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. What a wonderful truth here. Is this what we want from God? Neither poverty nor riches. Amen. I think God would be pleased with us if we just say, you know, the, the New Testament tells us having food and raiment there would be content. Now, we've seen a lot of things in the Bible here about what causes poverty. And we have to ask ourselves this question. What in your life tends toward poverty? And, and you know, the real thing is this. And this is where we all have to understand if we are in poverty then we can't give unto the lord like we like if we had wealth if we built some wealth then we can give unto god more that's what the bible's talking about here just think if we just lived our lives we want to get money so we can have nicer things but we are not going to do anything for the Lord's work. Would God bless that? <laughs> really, that attitude, you're leading to put money in, in the bags with holes in it. Amen. We have to ask ourselves this question. What is your attitude towards those that have a lower financial status than you? You know, 
What did we learn tonight out of the book of Proverbs? What did we learn about treating the poor? What are we going to do the next time we see someone standing on the corner? Are we going to get to know their name? If we have time, I realize the lights are pushing. Everyone's hitting your bumper if you don't move. Everyone has a name. Everyone has a story. We need to see people as people. Amen. Are we really helping the poor around us? Are we noticing them? Are we truly taking the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, and applying it to our lives, applying it to our hearts concerning the work of God? Listen, if we live the wisdom found in the book of Proverbs God will lift us up out of poverty. He will. We have to believe his word. Practice his word. So I am thankful tonight we can have wisdom concerning poverty. God's wisdom. And God's blessing on our lives. God's blessing. If we treat the poor God's way. God will bless us. If we don't treat them God's way, God will judge us. We've heard, I think if we don't get anything, that's what we need to take away tonight. God will, God will judge us if we don't have a right attitude and right treatment of the poor. So let God work in your heart tonight, will you? Let's all bow for prayer.